0: Hey guys, this is the Mosaic Podcast, and I want to welcome you. But I want to let you know that MSC just released a new album called Heaven. Seven brand new songs that express the heart of our community, our heart of worship, and are going to absolutely inspire you and make an impact on your life. Mosaic MSC, Heaven.
1: Our common king. Our common king. We serve Jesus. We don't think of him as a common, like a common cold or a like a common like common knowledge or common the rapper but he is a con (laughs) why you name yourself that common all right Uh, but he is he is the common king the one that came to be among us to be like us and how brilliant was he at saying oh i'll go i'll go for them they need me so much but i want i want them so much that i want to dwell with them and live among them and be their god and they will be my people my people it all started way back 2000 years ago our common king the one from on high came through a vision and an angel in luke 1 merry christmas i just want it to be christmas and not me being 60 do you understand <laughs> Okay, it says, but the angel said to her, her being Mary, do not, do not, Mary, be afraid. You have found favor with God. You're special. He's pleased with you. You will conceive and you will give birth to a son and you will call him, what shall we call him? Jesus. We've known that name, right? But it was the first time she had ever heard it. How much um, uh, did she love that moment? How much did she love hearing his name? It was a common name among them, but not among angels and visions, right? And he will be great. And he will be the son of the most high. Doesn't it sound like common to me? The Lord God will give him the throne, the throne of all thrones from his father, David. And he will, he will what? He will reign. Isn't that powerful? He's gonna reign, right? I just love that. That doesn't sound like a common king. I was in Capernaum in the Sea of Galilee, me and Rachel and a few other people. And we saw this image of Jesus uh, created, and this was the image it was. It was the homeless Jesus. His face was unrecognizable because it was covered. You didn't see his, his hands or... But the only reason you could tell it was Jesus because the scars on his feet. If that was Jesus, if, that, if he was that common... Would you follow him? But to know that God on high lowered himself to that level, it makes you look at humanity differently when I saw this. We all stood in awe of this statue to know the most high came most low. And tonight we need to talk about humility. What is your most high coming most low? Yeah? So it says of this, of our homeless Jesus and his birth and his mother. She said, how will this be? (laughs) I am a virgin. Okay, Mary, so you know how it's done. (laughs) And you know this isn't natural. But then the angel responded, the Holy Spirit will come on you. What? And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. It's It's a new thing, Mary. Overshadow you. What? So the, holy, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, 60. <laughs> and she who said to be unable, I don't like that, you know, unable. You can call me a lot of things, but don't call me unable. Don't call me unable. But Elizabeth had already said, you know, I'm unable, I'm unable, I'm unable to conceive. But now she was in her sixth month. I think it was a sign to Mary. It can be done. It can be done. Blessed is she who has believed that which the Lord has said would be accomplished. For no word from God will ever, what? Fail. Fail not going to fail. If he said it, it will be accomplished. And, and, and her response was beautiful. I am the Lord's servant. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her just like that. What Where are you going? Give me more. I don't understand. You don't have to understand, but do you need an angel? Do you need a vision to do what you're supposed to do? And your most highness being most low because something needs to happen. I know in my own spirit as I've gone there and thought through this thing on humility. What makes me a servant? You know, what makes me to the point my most high comes most low? Like, what is that about her? She said this. She sat down and she wrote a song. It's called The Magnificent. It's, it's very famous and it's been in the Bible for 2,000 years. Huh. And here she thought... I'm going to ju- I'm just sitting over here on this little stool in my little room and I'm going to write a song because I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> I'm overwhelmed. I just saw an angel from the Lord and he said I'm going to be pregnant. <gasps> no. Now, you know, and so she wrote this song. <laughs> and she wrote this song and I'm thinking, how do you write a song? How do you write a song to God? How do you, how does this all get done up here? You know, MSC and Trimble and and when you write a song like, um, not for a second, have I been forsaken? How do you write a word like that? Because there is a place and a time and a moment that, that your heart leaps forth and, and everything in you comes out. And that was what was happening to Mary. In, in this room, we have magnificent songwriters. We have people who teach people about battle and they also write songs we have people who lead us in worship that work for the fbi how does that happen (laughs) except it's in the human dna that we're supposed to write what we feel what god is doing what we're experiencing what's happening our hopes and aspirations and mary came to him and he said mary said my soul the depths of me my the depths of me tremble glorifies the lord magnifies That word glorifies, magnify. It means to blow up the image of the Lord and speak it with her mouth. Little did she know her little song, 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 something, something was going to be for all generations. And she spoke it. I don't even think she knew what she was saying. She says this, my spirit, my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he's been mindful, mindful. He pays attention to me. He actually saw me. In the humble state, the humble state of his servant. I don't know what state you're in, what what mental state, what emotional state you're in. I've been grading papers for Mosaic College. I know what at least 50s of you are in. Because Lord knows you put it in your papers. But for the rest of you, I'm not really sure. Mary said, I'm in a humble state. I'm a servant. What does that look like a humble state? You know, I'm looking it up in this, this Croft, Roy Croft dictionary, and it says it's the, it's the, it's the "to recede to the, the lowest point of your littleness." And I thought, I don't, I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it, Mr. Roycroft dictionary. You having a bad day? <laughs> but it is like Mary coming to her own worthlessness before God him impugning worth on her and then she says I don't want any attention for it I don't need the attention the attention God is you being magnified you being glorified my common king she didn't even know she was going to have a common king did she and so this is her words she says from now on generations will pronounce me blessed happy filled for the mighty one has done mighty and great things for me it, wait a minute, wait, a visit from an angel just isn't like the mighty thing. The mighty thing hasn't happened yet, folks. Are you waiting for your mighty thing to happen? Can you say I, the calling is enough? I don't even have to have the thing. You promising me, you being with me in this room, you telling me that I, I, I've been chosen, you paying attention to me, you seeing me, God, is, is the thing that humbles me. Right? That's my humble state, and I will serve you. If I get nothing of the mighty things, I will serve you. Yeah. You know, I, I, I know that sometimes we're reduced to, to, to poverty and to imprisonment and to abandonment. I know that. I, I have two new friends, and, uh, and, um, and Manal, uh, she's brand new, uh, and asked, at Addis, and they're from Eritrea. And, and Eritrea is in Africa, they were having a war, 30 years' war. Manal lost her father in that war. She knew she didn't want to be a soldier. But if you fail your entrance exams to the university, you have to go fight. And so she didn't pass, and she was supposed to go to the military. And She said, I'm not going to fight for this dictator. So she hid. She hid. For six years, she hid. And, and, and then there was a way to get out of the country. And so she went to Sudan. Sudan is not the most desirable vacation spot to end up in, as you know. And she worked there illegally for two years, paying off the police not to arrest her. And someone gave her a way to get to Dubai and from Dubai to Brazil. And from Brazil, she was, went to Peru, and Peru, Colombia, and the mafia robbed her. And they took everything, but she hid some money in a
0: wig. <laughs>
1: And she had a Bible, and she said, I prayed to God, I prayed to God, and God got me through. Women were getting raped and, and destroyed, and, and God got us through, got, got us through. Men would sleep here, and men would sleep here, and the women in the middle trying to protect them, and they, they slept in cars, and they slept in hidden cars and planes, and, and any way they could get it, they, wanted, they so sought freedom in their lowly state, they so sought freedom, and Manal said, We made it to the. I made it to the border of Panama, and for a month I stayed there trying to get in across the border. Police would arrest me, let me go, and I would try again, try again. The human heart searches for a place to rise, doesn't it? To a place to get free. And when all said, I, 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 I made it across the border of Panama. I I got through Nicaragua and Guatemala, and 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 in Mexico, uh, she met her friend, Addis, and then in Mexico she. They said, we accept you. We accept you for two weeks. Here's a document. That document allowed them to fly. She flew. She flew to, to Mexicali and, and there, Calexico. She stood in a line at the border. And the, and the immigration at the border of Mexico and America. They said, who are you? Why are you coming here? What's your stance on immigration? They asked her a lot of questions. She didn't understand them. And they said, we're going to take you and we're going to arrest you. So both of her and friend were arrested, and they were put in detention in Victorville. And they stayed in detention for six months. And I'm telling you, this internal drive to rise, this internal drive to be free, this internal drive to be more than you are, God sees that, God sees that. And I'm telling you right now, we're honored, Manal. Addis, stand up please, we welcome you. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being among us. And, and, then, and then someone got them advocated promo, pro bono work for them and got them released from detention. And, they, and, then, and they're here legally and they're working and they want to be nurses and they want to have lives. They want to serve and they want to grow and they want to become citizens. Of course they do. Of course they do. Of course they do. And that's the song and the life they've lived. And this was Mary's life 2,000 years ago. And this is their lives today. What is the song that you're writing? Is it one that says, I can't go on. I gotta give up now. No, that's not it. If she can do it, if these two women can do it, you can do it. You can do it. No matter what state, no matter what state you're in, let your state be one of strength and power. To know you've got it, you've got it inside of you. If God remains in this room and as long as He remains on this earth, you should have the power, the strength to get up and move, move, right. And so this is it. This was Mary's song that she was writing. She's like, "I'm your servant." God, God, your, your, your mercy extends to those who fear him. Your mercy extends right here. All the way in Eritrea, we didn't even know where that was. All the way through Brazil, all the way up through Mexico, your, your mercy extends that far. God's arm extends to you. Extended through Mary, from generation to generation, he's performed mighty deeds with his arm. He only needs one, he's so powerful. He's scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones. He has lifted up the humble. He will lift you up, but he can also bring you down. What shall it be? He shall bring you down or he will lift you up. Yeah, we get to choose the humble state that we're in. Jesus himself, Jesus himself took a towel with his disciples, put it over, knelt down, washed their filthy, dirty feet despicable act it was and 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 he said no 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 I'm giving you a model I'm giving you a model he said the son of man did not come to be served but to serve that's humility when other people are screaming see me see me see me the humble says I will do whatever needs to be done I will go wherever you called me, God, to go with no expectation of receiving anything in return. That is a humble servant. That is our common king because our common king, the one most high, came most low for us. And then we don't get stuck in this place where it says he scatters those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. You know, I, I, I am proud. I know I'm arrogant. And when I get in my own head, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, ah, I really want a, a really big glass of water. I don't want in a cheap old, flimsy, plastic container. I want a cheap, I want a big old glass of water so I can, you know, I want a, I want powerful eyebrows, and I want hair with less flip, and lot of volume. And I really, I don't go about saying that, but it's like, I just expect some things, right? I expect some things. A guy last night told me, "You perfect love casts all fear." Where's my perfect love? I'm like, "But when are you willing to give the perfect love that casts all fear from somebody else?" That's a humble servant. That's our common King who came like that. I Irwin, after my talk in OC last night, he, uh, you know, we drove home together, and I had to get in his car. I had to get in his car, and, uh, and I know that God deals with me in my pride because Erwin does this thing, and I realized it right away. I, don't, I told him, I said, I don't want to be me right now. I don't want to be me driving home with you right now because I get to be debriefed. <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing like it. Oh, when you... Spoken, and then Erwin debriefs you on your message. <laughs> Except how do you debrief your wife? You know, how do you debrief your wife who's not really in, into it? <laughs> because I've had a really busy month and I'm grading a lot of papers and I'm do- hosting a lot of parties. And I'm reading Revelation because I have to teach Revelation tomorrow to those... <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's so good. Party and the apocalypse and party and the apocalypse. You know. And then I'm turning 60, and in my head I'm just thinking, 60 is the apocalypse. 60 is the apocalypse. And then I get the debrief. So we drive to a restaurant we've never been to, someone recommended it. We drive to a restaurant and he's like, debrief. He's going to debrief me now and in the restaurant. So he said, I'll get the food. It was like a kind of in- interesting vibe in there. And the, the, I was sitting waiting for him to go line up and get the, you know, put the order in. And then everybody, the lady, when your order was ready, number two, number two, more for you, more for you. <laughs> like, what? He goes, everything rhymes here. That's the thing here. To four, or something like, like that, like that, 87, 87, go to heaven. And then I was getting debriefed and I realized I'm, I'm getting just like really angry. I said, okay, I'm gonna let you preach tomorrow, honey. You just do this, you just do your thing. He goes, no, Kim, you have, to, you, ha- you have to be willing to take feedback and criticism and my arrogance won't let me. And I call it something else. You know, I just don't like it, I just don't like it. But he's like, yeah, so I, looked, I looked up from my, um, Cheese steak. <laughs> and I looked him, I looked over the table at him, and I realized I'm sitting beside the best communicator in all the world, and I'm not willing to take, take the goodness he's offering me. That's arrogance. That's arrogance. And, and I'm just saying that Mary, in her humble state, saw her worthy unworthiness, that God turned it to worthiness, and she was not wanting to advertise, to inflate it. And she pulled it back to magnifying him. And tonight, I want to ask Erwin, Honey, can you come and, let, and just let your spirit enjoy the goodness of what God has through this man? Thank you.
0: Can we thank him for that message? I just want to summarize what we've just heard. <laughs> <laughs> that God has put a song in all of us or created us for a song, but sometimes we're not singing the song he created us to sing. And I guess the great tragedy would be to to be a one-hit wonder, to write a pop song that's popular for five minutes, but to never find the timeless work of art that you're created to be. Mary had a song, and that song did not come without a price. And God could only write the verses of her song if she postured herself in humility toward God. Because what was going to glorify God was going to humiliate Mary. Because the virgin birth was a miracle that that proved the divinity of Jesus, but it set into question the integrity of Mary. I think so oftentimes we want God to glorify us. And so we miss out on becoming the instrument that God longs for us to be so that we can magnify him, as Kim has described. And we see in Mary that there's a posture toward God. The humility toward God is saying to God, God, I will do whatever you want me to do. I will go wherever you want me to go. I will become whoever you want me to become. And I'll expect nothing in return, for you are my reward. And in this song that Mary sings, Kim highlighted, verse 52, he has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. And this is Mary's description of her own story, that God has lifted up the humble. And then in verse 53, she sings, he has filled the hungry with good things, but has set the rich away empty. In each one, she creates a contrast. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. And as long as you're trying to create your own throne, you'll always be at war with God. Because God brings down the arrogant. He brings down the proud. But he lifts up the humble. It's a strange thing as long as we try to pretend we're the king's to pretend we're the ones who deserve to be on the throne. We will never experience the fullness of the glory we were created to live. And he says he has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. So the posture that we need to live out the song God created us to live is that we must be humble and we must be hungry. The humility postures our hearts so that God can actually write the verses of our lives. This is the story we live. But with every song, I don't know about you, but a song can even have weak verses, but if it has a great chorus, I'm in. <laughs> right? Just sort of wait between the verses for the chorus. And I think the problem sometimes is that, that the verses of our life seem too ordinary, too mundane, too everyday. But when you have the chorus... It elevates everything. It reminds you what the story is. And the chorus that God writes is built on those who are not only humble but hungry because it's the hunger inside of your soul that will determine the chorus that you sing. Because what you have an appetite for, what you're hungry for, what you crave, that's what brings your story to its fruition. You keep going back to what you crave. Keep going back to what you're hungry for. You keep going back to what you have an appetite for. It's interesting that he says, he has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. Why would God send the rich away empty? I think here's the tragedy. You may actually never know he has sent you away empty. Because you cannot convince a rich person they've been sent away empty. Because when you're rich with the things that God did not prepare for you, you don't have room for the things God has prepared for you. See, the tragedy is that when you pursue the things that God does not want for you, when you pursue the things that are not meant to be the highest values of your life, when you pursue wealth and power and success and fame, when you pursue those things that will actually steal your life, you think you're full. So God sends you away empty because you're too full to be filled. What are the things that you're pursuing in your life that are stealing from you the very things that will give you life? It's only the humble that can be directed to their glory. And only the hungry who'll ever pursue it at all cost. I remember when I was in high school. My mom brought this intern from, I think, her business. I still remember his name. I, I only knew him for just a short time. But but I remember Bruce Eisenhower because he was the perfect gentleman. He, he was the son my mom always wanted. And I, I think that's why she brought him over to, to help me see you could be like this. He was just excellent in every way. And he, he was a college graduate, and I was not going to college. He was very elegant and elegant and all those things. And and I remember we were about to sit down and eat, and my mom would always get angry with me because I ate very few things. I wouldn't eat any vegetables, and and I would always make the mistake of saying, I don't like this, and she took it personally. And and I said, I'm not eating that, and she took that personally. And so we sat down. I don't know what she made, but it was something I did not want to eat. And so I waited for a moment, and I, I watched Bruce... And he looked at the food and he said, I'm so sorry. I have not yet developed a taste for this. (laughs) And she said, oh, that's perfectly fine. Sometimes it takes time to develop a taste for different things. I said, wait, what's going on here? You You don't respond like that to me. She said, you say you don't like it. Bruce has simply not yet acquired a taste for it. That's all it takes. I've not acquired a taste for any of this. See, here's the dilemma. You may have not yet acquired a taste for the good things God has for you. And you may be wondering, why doesn't God actually show up in my life? Why doesn't God pour into me the things he pours into other people? See, you need to listen carefully. He says, he fills the hungry with good things. You may want things, but not good things. Hmm. And God leaves you hungry, not because he's not generous and willing to fill you. But because you have an appetite for the wrong things, you have an appetite for things that will steal your life away rather than fill you with life. so if you're not careful, he's going to let you walk away thinking you're rich, but he's left you with emptiness. Not because he wants you to be empty, but because he cannot give you the good things he has for you until you're hungry for it. Is it Psalm 37, 4? That says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. I love that. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And so oftentimes we're all, okay, okay. God's going to give me the desires of my heart. So, but all I have to do is delight in him. So, okay, here I am, God, delighting in you. Where's my stuff? Where are the desires of my heart? Anybody try that one? Clearly I'm not delighting enough because nothing is showing up. Okay, I, I look, look, God, look how much I'm delighting in you. Here I am worshiping you. Still not here. See, I, I think we get this backwards. See, I, I think we think this is a, a, a bait and switch where, okay, we have to delight in God even though we don't want to. So that finally God will give us the things we want. Even though he doesn't want to. Actually what that passage is telling us is that God has to become your delight. God has to become your passion. God has to become your craving. God has become your appetite. You have to become hungry for God. When you delight in God, everything he could give you pales in comparison to him. When you delight in God, when your soul longs for him, that's all you ask for, you only ask for him and everything else is just supplemental to the wonder of being in him and knowing him. And then, in the most beautiful of ways, he fills your life with so much delight that your life becomes an expression of the goodness the generosity of God. What kind of song do you want your life to sing? I don't want to be a song that is popular for a moment. I want a song born out of me that inspires generations to come to sing and believe that God is the giver of life and love and hope and joy. You want to know who God is looking for? Do you want to know how you need to posture your life to receive all the fullness of God? Be humble and be hungry. Because when you are humble and hungry, God sees you and pours out all of his goodness into your life, and then you can't help but sing your song. You may be here, and you've not yet fully understood why Jesus came for you, or maybe just never stepped into it. Here's the beautiful thing about Jesus. Jesus was humble, and he walked as that that common king among us and all of this humility, but he also was hungry, You know what's amazing? Jesus was hungry. It tells us that the last hours of Jesus' life are called the passion. Jesus longed to bring us back to himself. You know what Jesus cares about? He cares about you. And so when Jesus walked on this earth, he didn't do it for himself. God didn't need that. See, when Jesus was born of a virgin, he didn't do that for himself. He didn't need that. When Jesus died on the cross, he did not do that for himself. He did not need that. When Jesus rose from the dead, he didn't do that for himself. He was already God. He did all of that for us. He did all of that for you. Because what God is passionate about, what God loves, is you. And in his humility, Jesus became the sacrifice for us, his hunger and his passion. He rose from the dead so that all of us could find our way back to God, to know his love, to know his forgiveness, to know his freedom. Some of our journeys are harder than others. Some of our journeys are are almost unspeakable in their suffering. But I do know this, everyone in this room is on a journey, searching for freedom, desperate for hope. And the place you're searching for is actually a person. His name is Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment and just close your eyes. If you're here tonight and you don't have all the answers because none of us do, but you know that you need God. And somehow it finally makes sense that, that the way to the God who loves you is Jesus. That Jesus came for you and he's waiting for you to come to him. Jesus gave his life for you and he's waiting for you to give your life to him. And If you're here and you're ready to cross the line of faith and open up your life to Jesus, I want to lead you in a simple prayer where you can give your life to him. A simple prayer where you can receive his life in you. You can receive God's forgiveness. You can receive God's freedom. You can receive his love and his life in you right now. So I'm just gonna lead you in one prayer, one sentence, where everything will change for you. Here it is. Jesus, I give you my life. That's it. There's a lot more you and God need to talk about, but this is where it begins. So right now, I just want you to whisper this prayer to him. If you're ready to receive his love, if you're ready to receive his forgiveness, If you're ready to receive the life that Jesus came to give you, just pray this prayer right now. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. Right now, wherever you are, just whisper that to him. Jesus, I give you my life. If you're here and that's your prayer if you're here and you just cross that line of faith i want to pray for you right now but i want you to find all the courage and all the faith you can muster up and i want you to step out of anonymity and i want you to let me see you so i can pray for you So what I want you to do right now is if you just pray, Jesus, I give you my life. I want you to hold up your hand really quickly. Just do it without shame, do it without hesitation right now. Just hold your hand up high. I want to see you beautiful, beautiful. Anyone else right now? Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Wow, so good. Anyone else right now? Jesus, I give you my life. So good, so many. Wow, so beautiful. Anyone else? Beautiful, wow. Father, I thank you for the women and the men who in this moment have crossed the line of faith and have opened up their lives to you, have trusted you with their lives. And God, I know that that the moment they whispered that prayer, Jesus, I give you my life, that you poured your life into them. In that moment, God, eternity poured into time that you now dwell in them and they belong to you and you will never leave them or abandon them. And God, I just pray that right now you just wrap them up in your love, just envelop them in your presence, let them know that they belong to you. And God, may they posture their hearts to you and and, and with God as they're humble and hungry, humble to follow you and trust you, hungry to never settle for anything less than the life you created them to live. God, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you for the new life that has been born in them. So we pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. Can we just thank God for all those who responded to him? So good, so beautiful, so many of you. Thank you so much for joining us on the Mosaic Podcast. I wanna encourage you to take the message you've just received, allow it to go deeply to your soul, to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only he can do. And I also want to encourage you to be a part of what we're doing here at Mosaic, to go to the Mosaic app and to become a part of the Mosaic Foundation, to become a regular giver and investor in bringing this message across the world. I want to thank you so much for being here with us. God bless you.